It's always tricky as a leader to, you know, when you have a time like that and, you know, God is, is revealing His holiness and uh, it's just such a wonderful presence of the Lord. Um, you think about what you're going to, what you felt to share on and you think, does it fit in with, uh, with the moment? And um, I just felt God say to me, uh, Jesus, when he walked, when he walked on this earth, he walked in holiness, and he taught on a variety of topics, uh, including uh, healing people, uh, forgiveness, how to deal with finances. He taught about the enemy. Uh, he taught about all sorts of different things, and yet he walked in absolute holiness. And so sometimes, uh, you know, we, the, the wrestle that I've gone through, I felt God say, actually, it's all good. Go for it. I've, uh, I've shown you what to speak on. So I'm talking on spiritual warfare, believe it or not. <laughs> and uh, in actual fact, in that passage that I read out of Revelation, it continues in Revelation 5. It says, uh, then, then I saw a scroll from verse 1 in the right hand of the one sitting on the throne. There was writing on the inside and the outside of the scroll, and it was sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel who shouted with a loud voice, Who is worthy to break the seals on this scroll and open it? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll and read it. Then I began to weep bitterly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll and read it. But one of the 24 elders said this to me, Stop weeping. Look, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the heir to David's throne, has won the victory. He is worthy to open the scroll and its seven seals. And I imagine at that point that John was going to turn around and see a lion. He was looking for a lion. And then it says, And then I saw a lamb that looked as if it had been slaughtered. But it was now standing between the throne and the four living beings and among the 24 elders. And it's a little bit further down. It says, And they sang a new song, verse 9, with these words, You are worthy to take the scroll and break its seals and open it. For you were slaughtered, and your blood has ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have caused them to become a kingdom of priests for our God, and they will reign on the earth. And so the picture that Revelation gives is that the one who overcomes is the lamb that was slain. It's very different to the way we think in the world. In the world, we think the most, the most powerful, like we can imagine, yes, a lion that roars and has incredible power and talons and all this kind of thing. That's how we have to be in order to overcome. But actually, John turns and he sees a lamb. And it's, the, it's Jesus, the lamb that was slain, that overcomes all the power of the enemy. And so just keep that in mind. Uh, uh, what, what I felt the Lord press on my heart is to talk about spiritual warfare in the sense of peeling back what the Bible reveals about the fight that we're in and the, the enemies that we face. And, but at the end of it all, I want you to keep in mind 
that if you're feeling actually, okay, I've recognized something in my life, it's, it's not you trying to be more powerful and trying to break through kind of thing that's going to bring the victory. It's surrendering to the Lord. Like the lamb that was slain, we go to the Lord, we surrender to him, we lay our lives down. The victory is in Jesus. Amen. Before an army goes into battle, uh, its commanders will sit down with the troops and they'll give a briefing. And basically they'll talk about who the enemy is, where the enemy is, the tactics that the enemy has, and the battle, the battle plan, the battle plan that uh, they're going to put in place. And uh, it's very important. It's actually called intelligence. And without that, there is certain failure in the battle. And I think it would be, it would be incompetent and it would be negligent of any commander of an army not to inform the troops of what's going on in the battlefield. And so God has actually had a lot to say in the Bible about what goes on uh, in the, the warfare between the two kingdoms that we see in the Bible. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12 says this, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. So God is showing us who our enemy is. As Christians, it's a reality that we have to face that we have enemies. Your friend is not your enemy. Your boss is not your enemy. Your husband is not your enemy. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> Our enemies are invisible spiritual beings. We have, to, we have to face that reality. And it's important for us to know, for, I believe, for two reasons. Number one, because the Bible reveals it. If it wasn't important, it wouldn't be in the Bible. Amen? But it's in the Bible. And in 2 Corinthians 2 verse 11, Paul says this. It says, so that we would not be outwitted by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his designs or his schemes. Now, it might have been the case that back then the church wasn't ignorant of Satan's plans, but I, I feel that today the church, by and large, is very ignorant of what the devil is doing. And in some cases, there's the belief that the devil doesn't even exist, that there is no enemy. And so Christians punctuate that Ephesians 6 verse 12 like this, for we do not wrestle, full stop. It's not we don't wrestle against anything, we just don't fight. When we come into the kingdom of God, when we give our lives to Jesus, there's no more battle. In fact, some churches even sing about it. They'll say, They'll sing songs like this. The war is over. Turn around. Lay your weapon on the ground. That is exactly what Satan will want you to do. Believe that there's no fight. Turn your back on the enemy and put your weapon down. Ideal for him. Yet Ephesians 6 verse 13 goes on to say, Put on the full armor of God. 
take up the sword of the Spirit and take your stand against the enemy. So while some people are singing, put your weapon down, the Bible is saying, pick your sword up. <laughs> That's where we've got to. <laughs> the Bible reveals that there are two kingdoms that are at war with each other. And I think it's probably most clearly put by Jesus himself in Matthew 12, verse 26 and 28. Matthew 12, 26 and 28. Jesus is teaching the crowds. And he says, if Satan casts out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? So Satan has a kingdom. And then in verse 28, he says, but if it is by the Spirit of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Kingdom of Satan, the kingdom of God. Okay, two kingdoms. Jesus is actually saying in this passage, the fact that, that demons can be driven out of people is evidence of this clash of kingdoms. And the other good news for us is that the kingdom of God is in authority or more powerful than the kingdom of Satan because we have been given the authority to cast demons out of people. Well, that's good news for Christians. Amen? So let's have, a, have another look a little bit closer at Ephesians chapter 6. Uh, verse 12, and we're going to see something about the nature and the structure of the kingdom of darkness. Now, one thing I want to say is that uh, although I'm talking a lot about what's going on in this uh, spiritual dynamic, I'm not a fan of giving the devil airtime uh, behind this uh, lectern, and I really don't want to give him the time of day, but because the Bible actually has so much to say on this topic, I do want to focus on that, and I want to focus on what the Bible says, not on what my personal experiences or what some other guy uh, experienced. And so Ephesians 6 verse 12 says this, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against cosmic powers over this present darkness, and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. There is a battle, and uh, we need to take our stand. It's very important. It says that we have been given armor, it goes on to say, and I'll probably get to that in another message. The more I've been looking at this, it's probably going to be a couple of messages. Right now, I have to lay a platform of, of showing who the enemy is and what he's up to, and then we will get to how we get victory. It's, this, it's a similar thing to, unless you understand the nature of sin and how destructive and how powerful sin is, you will never truly appreciate how deep and wonderful God's forgiveness is. Amen? Amen. If you just think, hey, I wasn't such a bad person and God forgave me, you'll, you won't have a, a, as much of a revelation about the forgiveness of God unless you first have a revelation of how terrible your sin was. And it's the same thing in the kingdom of darkness. We, and with prayer, we, we won't understand how powerful and how important prayer is unless we understand what is actually going on behind the scenes in the spiritual realm.
The war is still on. It hasn't finished. When Jesus on the cross said, it is finished, he didn't say the war between the two kingdoms is finished. He was talking about what he came to do, his job. He, he came to be a sacrifice for sin. There's no more sacrifice that's needed. The work that he came to do is finished. But the battle is still going on. Amen. Colossians 2 verse 13 to 15 says this, Having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands, he set aside, nailing to the cross, he disarmed the rulers and the authorities, and he put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. This is, there's a tremendous amount of revelation in these, in these few sentences. But the gist of it is this. On the cross, Jesus disarmed our enemy and made a public spectacle triumphing over him and his forces on the cross. But it doesn't say the war has ended. And it doesn't say that Satan and his forces have been locked away in prison. 1 Peter 5.8 says that the devil is still moving around looking for people to devour. It says, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. I've heard preachers preach that the devil is a lion walking around, but he's got no teeth and no claws because he's been disarmed. Well, whatever the case, he's still devouring people. It's still dangerous. And so I'm, I'm really not sure why, why some sections of Christianity have fallen into this era of thinking there is no war. There is still a war on. And when you, when you are born again, you step into this fight, like it or not. We're part of the, the bride of Christ, but we're also the army of God. Yeah. It's part of our identity of who we are. It's part of what we do. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 4 says, The weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We have weapons for warfare. Whatever you do, please do not put them down. <laughs> it's a very dangerous situation to have powerful and active enemies working against us and not even be aware that we have an enemy. That is a dangerous place to live in. The second thing I want to say is that, actually, I'm going to, I'm going to skip that one for now. Satan's kingdom is organized. This is, this is something that has helped me tremendously in my walk with the Lord. I used to think that, that Satan's kingdom was in absolute chaos and disarray, and it was kind of like just a free-for-all. Satan would just tell all his forces, just go out and cause as much devastation as you can. But the Bible paints a very different picture. The Bible says that we should be aware of the devil's schemes. That means he has a plan. There's, an, there's some organization to all of this. 
Ephesians 6 verse 12 says that our enemies that we're fighting against are principalities, rulers, powers, and evil spirits in the heavenly realms. And to me, that's painting a picture of some kind of organization. There are princes that are ruling over uh, authorities, that rule over powers, that rule over evil spirits. And what you can see in the book of Daniel is that the angel that was coming to Daniel, he was opposed by the prince of Persia. Now, Persia was a kingdom back in the day, and it was actually conquered by Alexander the Great. So the Greek empire took over the, the Persian empire. And that same angel said, I've been fighting against the prince of Persia. I'll have to go back and fight him, and later I'll have to fight the prince of Greece. And history tells us the Greek empire conquered the Persian empire. So these are satanic uh, forces uh, or princes or principalities that are not just over a nation, but over a kingdom. They have huge influence. There's a structure and an organization that the devil has. It's not just chaos. They have plans in place for nations, for churches, for families, for individuals. I've come to realize that Satan has specific plans against me as an individual. I've, had, I've come to see that. The battle that I've often had to fight in my lifetime is against fear. And I'm not a person, I, I don't struggle to walk around in the dark, down a dark alley at night. It doesn't worry me at all. I don't have nightmares. I sleep well at night. But every now and then, I'm literally attacked by fear. And it's got no explanation. There's no reason for it. It's not like I'm seeing a snake on the floor and suddenly I'm attacked by fear. I think if, you, if you're not scared of a snake biting you, then, well... You need to go and study biology or science or whatever. There's, there's normal things. If you're standing on the edge of a building and you're about to fall off, it's not that you're being attacked by fear. That's a good thing. You shouldn't be playing around on the edge of a building. But when there's no reason for fear and suddenly you're overcome with fear, twice in my life I've almost been throttled. That's the only way I can describe it by a spirit of fear. I felt like a paralyzing presence come over me, lying in bed. And for no reason, just out of the blue. One time it was, I was a new Christian, maybe three months old, and the other time was when I was in hospital after having a stroke. I felt this dark, paralyzing presence come over me, kind of choking the air out of my mouth, and voices in my head saying, you're never going to recover. You're never going to preach again. You're going to be a burden on your family. You're, gonna, you're never going to be able to work again. You're never going to walk again. You're going to be in a wheelchair all the rest of your life. And it's just like, where's this coming from? Just out of nowhere. And I began to pray in tongues, and immediately it just dissolved and disappeared. But I've, I've come to realize this is a plan against my life. It's not just random, because a little bit later, once I was out of hospital, 
I was just reading an article in the paper, and there was this article on something, something about stroke victims and how they have a relapse or something after three years, and I could just feel the fear starting to grip me again. And I just said, no, I'm not accepting this. I'm choosing to believe God has healed me. And it just disappeared. And then about three months later, I put on the, the radio in the car. Someone's talking about uh, strokes and about patients and relapses and all this kind of thing. And the next thing, I feel fear again. And I'm like, no, I'm not accepting that. And so it's been a thing where it's like over and over and over and over again, there's been this attack against my life. And, if, and because I've recognized it now, I'm not thinking in the future, if I get attacked again by fear, just some random thing happens, I'm not going to think, oh, God, why is this happening to me? I thought I got victory over this. How can you let this happen again? Because it's not me and it's not God. It's a plan against my life. It's a plan of the kingdom of darkness. And they don't change that plan just because they failed. In fact, when Jesus was tempted... In the wilderness, the devil came and said, hey, if you bow down and worship me, I'll give you all these kingdoms. You don't have to go to the cross. I'll give it all to you. And Jesus said, no. This is, this is what the word said. And he defeated him. And immediately after all of that, it says, the devil left him until an opportune time. What does that mean? It means that when Satan attacks us, he goes, okay, it didn't work then. I'm going to wait for another opportunity. And when did that opportunity come again? It came when Peter had a revelation of Jesus. He said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, well done, bud. <laughs> My father revealed that to you. And he said, but also, by the way, I've got to go to Jerusalem and get killed. What does Peter do? No ways. You're not going to the cross over my dead body are you going to the cross. And what does Jesus say? Satan, get behind me. He recognized Satan was attacking him again. You don't have to go to the cross. You still don't have to go to the cross. Peter will get in the way. He'll help you. There's a, there's a way out. Same attack at just an opportune time. And this, if you can see this, it will help tremendously in your life. Because often we think, well, I had a problem with fear and I got victory, so I don't ever have to worry about that again. Then, okay, now I got attacked with some addiction. I got victory in that. I don't ever have to worry about that again. Then I got attacked with gossip or whatever it was, and I got victory in that. It doesn't work like that. Satan has a plan. And he stick to it. He's been doing it for 4,000, 6,000 years. Why change things? Why have to? It doesn't make sense. Just think about it. If you're leading, a, if you're leading a, an army, you give them the plan. They go out and they carry it out. They don't come back every day. Okay, you, you went there. Okay, now go this way. Now go that way. Now go that way. Just stick to the plan. <laughs> Amen? Amen. If you can understand that, it will help you tremendously in praying and getting the victory in your life and not to fall in a heap and say, God, why has this always happened to me? Because that's what we do. 
We moan to the Lord. Why am I struggling still in this area? Well, maybe you're getting victory, but maybe the enemy is just persistent in attacking you. One thing I can say is that in the beginning, it was terrifying for me. I could hardly speak. And then as it's come on, I've actually been able to uh, get victory quicker. Stand strong in the Lord. That's a good thing. Amen? Amen. But I'm not expecting never to be attacked by fear again in my life. It's, it just, it's not logical. <laughs> be aware of the devil's schemes. In actual fact, a couple of years ago when I read that verse, you know how God rebukes you every now and then? <laughs> When I read that verse, the, immediately I felt God say, you are totally unaware of what the devil's doing. You need to find out. And I was like, well, yeah, actually, why am I totally unaware? I've got no idea what's going on. How come these guys, how come Paul knew what was going on? <laughs> anyway. The other thing is that the devil doesn't fight fair, ever. <laughs> he's the father of lies. He's a murderer. He's a deceiver. He's not going to come and tell you, get ready because tomorrow I'm going to attack you. <laughs> he waits until he feels he has the advantage. That's what it means where it says the devil left Jesus and he waited for an opportune time. He waits till we're tired till we're weak, till we're distracted, till we're so busy running around, we don't know what's going on. We haven't spent time with the Lord for the week. <laughs> and then he attacks. And he always goes for the weakest link. If you have a family, he will go for the kids most likely. Especially young kids. As parents, just recognize it. Don't get upset about it. <laughs> Stand firm, pray over your kids, help them, encourage them, share scriptures, recognize, hey, okay, she's battling at the moment, I'm just going to help you in this, pray over you. That's, that's how we get victory in our lives. 1 Peter 5, verse 8 and 9 says this, it says, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. Christians all over the world are in the same boat. Don't ever feel like, why is this happening to me? I'm the only guy that's struggling in this area. I'm the only one that gets attacked by fear. No one else does. The reality is, is Christians all around the world, they're also in the battle with us. That's what the scriptures share. We're all in this together. The wonderful news is that there is victory to be had because in the book of Revelation, the letters to the seven churches, it says to the one who is victorious, this is what you get. 
to the one who is victorious, to the one who is victorious, to the one who is victorious, over and over and over again. And guess what? You cannot be victorious unless there's a battle to fight. You can't get victory unless there's a battle. A sports team cannot win unless they have an opponent. If the other guy doesn't rock up, you get what's called, what is it called? Oh, yeah, is it a walkover? <laughs> walkover doesn't sound right. <laughs> it's like a win by default. Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not a victory. The fact that we have an enemy means we can have a victory. See it like that. The fact that Jesus has beaten the devil and we follow in his footsteps means that we too can overcome in the Lord. And the Bible says we've been given weapons and armor. So let's put that all on. Let's stand our ground and let's see ourselves serving God all the way to the end of our life. I really feel it's something that, that it would be helpful for each and every one of us just to sit down and have a think about. Pray about it and say, you know what? There's a lot that the Bible says on this topic. Lord, help me to get victory in my life. Is this something where I need to recognize what the plan is of the devil against my life personally? Maybe you do. Maybe you're unaware up till now. And now suddenly the light bulbs are going on and you go, actually, you know what? I am. I can see that I'm being attacked in this area. Depression. Anxiety. Worry. Fear. Fear about anything. Recognize it and get victory in the Lord. We are in the army of God. We have spiritual enemies. <laughs> Some of you are looking at me like, whoa, this is like eye-opening. If you just read through the Gospels and see how much Jesus spoke about the enemy and about the kingdom of darkness, it will blow you away. He had no problem preaching this stuff. But in today, somehow in the church, it's become like taboo. Oh no, we don't have a battle to fight. Praise God, it's all finished on the cross. Meanwhile, the guy's struggling in life and just cannot get victory because there's an invisible enemy opposing him at every step of the way. And being positive and thinking positive does not get you the victory. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb in the word of their testimony. Amen? That's what gets us the victory. So let's, let's spend a bit of time now just, just praying. I mean, I'm going to wrap up now. If, if, the Lord, if the Lord puts something on your heart and says, actually, I'm trusting for this, he's going to say, this has been an attack against your life. Recognize it. Stand firm in the Lord. Put on the armor. Take up your sword. Pray at all times and get the victory over this. Don't get down because you're being attacked in the same area over and over and over again. Amen. Let's, let's bow our heads in prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you that you, you reveal so much in your word. You reveal things that we would never know. We would never even know that there are things like principalities and powers in this unseen world. We would never know that the devil actually has plans and schemes. We would never know that he waits
for an opportune time to attack us. If it wasn't revealed in your word, we would never know that. But praise God, praise you, Lord, that you've shown us these things because you want us to live in victory. Lord, I pray that you would give us revelation now. Show us what's been going on in our life. Help us not to collapse in a heap and go, why does this always happen to me? But to, to see maybe this is a plan, maybe this is a tactic that the enemy is using against me, and they're not going to stop. And they're not going to rest. They're not going to go to sleep. They're not going to forget about it. They have a plan, and they're just carrying on, trying to put that plan in place, trying to trip us up. Help us to see what that is and to trust in you. I pray that if you're showing certain things now, Lord, I pray that we would put our hope in you. We, would, we wouldn't try and overcome in our own strength, but we trust in you. We'd surrender to you and look to get victory in you, Jesus. Help us, Lord, to be sober-minded. Help us to be watchful. Help us to be prayerful. Give us wisdom as parents. Pray over our children to recognize some of these things that's going on. Help our kids get victory in these different areas. Thank you, Lord, that you walk with us. Thank you that you've given us your Holy Spirit as a guide and as a leader. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would lead us and guide us as we walk out our lives. Help us to endure to the very end. I pray that none of us would be defeated by the enemy, but that we would overcome, that we'd be victorious and receive that wonderful reward in Jesus' name.